Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's video topic, I want to let everyone know that we will be at Heroes Con in North Carolina next weekend. Great comic book show. Come on out. We're going to be pulling out comps, art, prints, books that you haven't seen before. If you're looking for anything Cartoonist Kayfabe, that is the place to get it. So come by wearing your Cartoonist Kayfabe gear and say hello. Also, the end of July, the last Saturday in July is cartoonist kayfabe comic book christmas in july where we take some of our comics and we put them in the local lending libraries i know there's a lot of creators out there that have comps a lot of collectors out there that end up with double books accidentally whatever the case may be take some of those comics put them in your local lending library and let's try to make some new comic book readers this is the second year that we are doing it had a great response the first year so take some pictures of those cool little lending libraries with comics showing through the windows and uh, let's make more comic book readers all right, Ed, I'm going to look at Kill Image from Boneyard Press, Hart D. Fisher's, uh, imp not imprint, company. And uh, you see Hart D. Fisher right on the cover here. This book comes out in 1993 and uh, some context. So Hart D. Fisher, one of the outlaw publishers, probably the thing he's most known for, either publishing Gerard Way early in his career or a Jeffrey Dahmer book that ended up in uh, quite a few courtrooms and maybe on your television set on Sarah Sally Jesse Raphael. Uh, talk show. So a controversial publisher that definitely embraced that controversy. We have a shoot interview. Yes, we do. Yeah. Check out the shoot interview, but also a guy who, you know, when they announced the heroes reborn in wizard magazine, not just a bit player in comics. Like he was part of the conversation around comics and included in the, uh, let's get some reactions from John Byrne and Todd McFarlane and Hart Fisher, yeah. you know, and his reaction is that, uh, this is just, Going back to Marvel for a little bit of coin to prop up their flagging interest. There'll be a big buzz. There'll be good sales. And six months later, it's going to tank hard. And you know what? That's about what happened with Absolutely. Heroes Reborn. So, um, you know, no dummy, Hart Fisher. Published comics for a long time. Still publishing comics. Chaos agent of comics. There you go. And so Kill Image comes at a time whenever comics bubble is kind of at the peak of its powers. And there were so many of these kind of, I'm going to call this a bit of a parody book. And there'll be some disclaimers we add because there's some stuff in here I don't think you could do today. Absolutely not. But it is a time whenever, like, if you look at those books that are like Cyber Femme and, you know, just all the spinoffs, Spit and Spiff and Yawn for uh, Spawn, you know, Sewage Dragon. There were so many comics being sold on spec, essentially, pre-ordered, yeah. that uh, they were just lists of these kinds of, like, spoof and parody titles. And that's about when Kill Image comes into the picture in that, like, 1993 you know, 92 to 94, that window of the speculator boom. In the middle of it, we get Kill Image from Boneyard Press. Yeah, there's very little, you know, like Hart Fisher, he shows up a little bit in like even wizard uh, letters columns and stuff, like kind of talking about this, the state of the industry. And this comes after the, uh, like Diamond starts to put limits on the catalog and things, which is very frustrating. It, it, it squeezes out a lot of, a lot of uh, self-publishers, like, like, we might have had more Tyrant comics by Steve Bissett if uh, a lot of these weird rules um, were not imposed upon uh, the creators and there was some more competition with uh, distribution and stuff. But uh, I was, when you were, when the books were off screen and uh, you were doing your, your spiel up front, dude, I realized that probably one of, uh, for a time, man, one of uh, Hart D. Fisher's probably biggest money makers. It's the, uh, the shirt, the t-shirt uh, that uh, you still see those running around most famously in uh, the Erzatz fake comic convention at the beginning of Chasing Amy. Right. You'll see a couple uh, Marvel can suck my cock t-shirts. 
Yeah, Hart, Hart Fisher did a, a fair amount in comics. Uh, you know, it wasn't a one-trick wonder by any any means. Um, I want to read this warning because I think it's applicable, and it was I didn't even notice this before. It's uh, purple on black. Yeah, so. it's funny because I cannot see it from this angle whatsoever, and it's, it does not show up on the camera, I don't think. Warning. Contains scenes that may emotionally damage fanboys everywhere. So uh, you guys at home, you've been warned. Because this is a comic that, like we said, I don't know if you could publish this in today's environment. Well, like, you got to think about, like, like the context, right? You Like, this is the early to mid-90s when it was just a more hardcore, extreme time. And there's a lot of hyperbolic language. Like, you could fight somebody at school and say, I'm going to fucking kill you. Now... Th- there's potential you mean it nowadays with these school shootings. I know people who lived through school shootings. I, I have very important people who, who were a part of school shootings and, and, and victims of school shootings. Uh, th- at this time, that kind of energy was relegated to like one guy in a clock tower like in the 60s and a couple rogue mailmen. You know, there's that term going postal because right. for some reason like three mailmen over a course of a couple years went wild and shot up. Like times are way different. So like the context is everything and you cannot apply this to the modern day sensibility. Yeah. And you know, even in this time period, I think it's pretty clear that even Hart Fisher comes at it that way. You know, he has a little bit of an intro here and it's, uh, don't take this too seriously. We're having, we're having some fun. I don't think he likes image. There's no love lost there, but also this is not a call to arms. Yeah. I this, mean, is a, this is a comic. Yeah. It's so, it's so important to just like sort of beat that because now with the internet, you have access to just more people and more fucking sick fucks, you know, are out there and stuff. One of the other things he does say, he breaks it down. He's like, you know, there are the Jim Lee fanboys. There are, there are the Todd, people who worship the altar of Todd McFarlane. There's not one person that has ever like come in to me to like defend uh, Rob Liefeld. Yeah. So, all right, man, let's, uh, let's dive into the actual meat of this. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by uh, the books that we make, but there's also a Patreon. King Kayfabers on that Patreon get all of the videos uh, before anybody else completely mitigates that Kayfabe effect, and they have access to our uh, weekly stream uh, where we create each of the episodes completely removing the kayfabe effect from uh, existence for them. Uh, The videos are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a good sample of our bibliography, but we have some additions to this. Man, we never stop working. Jimmy's going to have Street Angel Princess of Poverty coming to you this summer. It is a companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Uh, It's different material. It's from uh, Jim's pre-image days, and you have both volumes. You're going to have all of uh, the Street Angel content that Jimmy has created to date i'm gonna have forthcoming the hip-hop family tree omnibus is coming to you i just got the cover proofs look at that look at that gleam look at that gleam 504 pages look at the size of that spine that's a lot of comics in that book uh comprises all four volumes of hip-hop family tree 140 pages of new material that uh, is not uh has not been seen in any of the other volumes at this point and i drew a bunch of new stuff for this comic also there is a uh, x-men grand design trade paperback coming out that's going to have all three volumes of x-men uh grand design comprised into one volume uh it's a trade paperback coming to you in time for the holidays just like the hip-hop family tree omnibus and red room uh is my new series red room crypto killers issue one is out in the wild coming out on a monthly basis here's the cover for issue two murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in red room comics there are two trade paperbacks without that out in the wild as we speak now that we're done paying the bills back to the video
This is a much better comic than you might expect with that lead-in and with the idea that, that there are these parodies. This is a pretty good, like, indie outlaw black and white comic. It's a it's a Harty Fisher man- manifesto. It's probably one of the best things he ever wrote because it's it's the most, like, honest in a way. It, it comes straight from the heart. And uh, let's call it what it is, man. It's just... It's, it's, he says it in the page, it's jealousy, man. Like, like, uh, those guys are doing so well. They're, they're taking everything for themselves. And so he's point by point. This, this could literally have been all this part leading up to things could have been a letter to wizard. Yes. It also verbatim. It also the other half of this conversation, because what we see here is, is essentially Hart Fisher. You know, it's a writer publisher and he's yelling. He's talking to a distributor on the phone who has changed their policies and books have to sell 10,000 in pre-orders yeah. for them to carry it. And that kind of puts him out of business uh, or at least makes the business model have to change drastically. And now he's got to go tell his artist what's up. It's just it's bullshit if you're this indie publisher and this is what's going on. And by the way, it's happened. It's happened more than once, these uh, distributor policy changes. Absolutely. So here we go to the local comic book shop because that's where you would find a lot of the talent back in the 90s. You know, you'd find the guy working there who also wanted to draw comics or write comics. And that's what we've got here working the uh, the stands. But first we got to interact with somebody who's buying a comic and uh, we're going to argue about the merits of those image comics versus the indie <laughs> comics. And that kid doesn't give him much uh, much quarter there. Yeah, uh, he's not buying Boneyard Press comics because there's no trade trading card in there. There's no Chromium cover. Like, like what's <laughs> what's the point? Yeah. You decide what to buy on how much junk and gimmicks are thrown in. Love the use of gimmicks there. And, which uh, which was so true. You know, totally. I, I grew up in that stuff, man. And, and when cro- comics were crypto, shiny things attracted, uh, you know, the football players at Still Valley uh, High School. Yeah, 100 percent. But uh, here's his artist that he's talking to and breaking it to. And, you know, it sucks being the uh, the indie artist who one more thing goes wrong in your quest to be the next Todd McFarlane. <laughs> you know one more setback here what is fascinating though is that there was uh there was a bush league in comics uh at at this era and you would you would maybe have to do a Def leopard fucking rock and roll comic or like Stuart eminem you would do the public enemy rock and roll comic and and there was eternity comics and these these little black and white boneyard was there dude like we like we could have if we were just a little older had a little bit more skill we could have had our first works in in, in boneyard and, and worked our ways up Ed McGinnis, John Cassidy, these guys came up through the black and white smaller publishers like that. It's almost, I hate to say, a farm system or a minor league, the but Bush a lot league. of people yeah, came yeah, through there. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was, man. And, and and I would go to these guys at shows, these these uh, smaller indie publishers, with my samples, you know? Totally. And and uh, it was always understood that it you were using that platform to get bigger and better. The difference is like Hart Fisher and those guys, like they were comfortable with their status and their position, you know, like, of course he would like more people to read the books or whatever, but like they, he did what he did. And these kids would come through knowing that they, you know, want to sharpen their chops and get better so that they could draw, you know, the Robin uh, regular series or something. And we'll see an ad in the back of this that is an Outlaw Comics distributor. Like that was a real vein that people were, were tapping into long before we were talking about it on this channel. Those nineties, baby. Absolutely. So now we're in Image Headquarters, and it's uh, Rob, Jim, and Todd are who we're focused on here, but they're making their plans about how they're going to do this, and it's revealed here that they're actually behind the distributor deciding not to carry those uh, lesser-selling indies. There's these, these aren't just like, you know, straw man characters, like, like each 
I mean, they are strawman characters, but what I'm saying is they, they're, they're all different. And he creates the pecking order in the dialogue. You know, it is that thing. You could read a, a, a bubble of dialogue and know which guy is speaking it. So um, it, it still carries true. Like, like uh, you know, Jim Lee is the businessman who's like that, that sort of cunning thinker of, of the chess player of the group. Uh, McFarlane is the passionate um, pleb of the crew. He's... Yeah, these fucking cocksucker. Yeah, he's very fired up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the egotist. It's very funny the characterizations. And then the Rob, the way Hart Fisher um, sells it is like he almost should be wearing a bike helmet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff. I love this panel, by the way. Like the drawing of it and stuff. It's just a gas station fueling up. There's something about it that just I don't know, man. It works for me. Yeah, it's funny. There there are bits like when I read it, that just, um, they have no storytelling value. I think it was actually during the, 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 um, comic shop sequence. It was mm -hmm. like the final panel at the comic shop where it's just like, it's a drawing that doesn't tell anything about a story. Yeah, I could see that. So the first stop is Rob Liefeld poolside with uh, a girl who looks like it could be Riptide. Yeah. Which is good because this is also, see, it, this is where you have to provide perfect context because, Youngblood 6 comes out after this, you yeah. know, and it's a different tone. Like, if you start bringing people's family into it, right? like, we definitely would not be looking at it on, on this channel, and they would be like, kind of like, fuck you forever, you know, like, that's real messed up. So this is just, like, all fictional stuff, man. I feel like this panel, the close-up of this woman's face, it's so, like, Tim Truman, Tim Tyler, yeah. outlaw comic kind Absolutely. of stuff. And you imagine that's what this artist was probably aspiring to, so this is a chance to really shine. This is a quintessential kind of, like, like amateur portfolio artwork where like there's the one panel that the dude couldn't wait to draw and then the flyers <laughs> right. but there's like too much way more flyers than like the 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 fresh piece it man. does work though you know you got your your heart fisher character coming up on the shadows on the side of the house yeah this is one of them where like the composition is whack like like i get what i'm supposed to think that this car just pulled up and isn't just another car on right. the fucking street there's a different way to draw this t that's better but, like, listen, I mean, we're dealing with... I like there's one leaf falling, like, blowing in the street. <laughs> Outlaw Comics. Here it goes. And, you know, we mentioned eyeballs shooting out of heads. That's a pretty common motif. Look at the hatching and the nonsense of, like, almost a, an image-style homage to Absolutely. the Absolutely. I mean, he's, body. Going, he's going Rob Liefeld with this a little bit. He doesn't quite have the facility, but, like, some of these marks are, are clearly from the Rob Liefeld school of, uh, you know, 1990s comic-making. Yeah, and real cowardly, the Rob Liefeld character gives up, offers this this woman like, "You want her? Take her, but don't, yeah. don't shoot me." <laughs> right? You know, he's cutting promos. Like this is a you know, it's it's this is an R-rated Mad magazine. Yeah, and uh, decides he's gonna beat Rob to death. Uh, hand to hand combat ends up shooting him in the crotch. Right <laughs> in the dick. I think your flies unbuttoned. Yeah, <laughs> tongue in cheek. We're we're having fun here. Throws him in the pool. Not sure if he's gonna drown or uh, bleed to death. But strategic bubbles everywhere. Keep on going, man. So let's cut to Todd McFarlane. What's he doing? Drag racing in that Spawn mobile. <laughs> Anybody that read Spawn back in the day remembers this. There was the commercial, man, <laughs> where, where he's like, I built some of my own toys. <laughs> and drives it through a fake brick wall. Boy, this uh, this spit cover, I feel like this is almost reference to like Yawn or one of the actual Spawn. Bill, Bill Mouse. Yeah, he has the smiley faces instead of skulls for his little buttons. And listen, man, this is a machismo character. Like, he ain't being a pussy to no gun in the face. He's like, fuck you. Is this a, uh, is this a Deadpool cameo? 
Is he wearing a Deadpool hat? <laughs> Doesn't it look like that symbol? Yeah, I mean, that's the Deadpool. I mean, that, that's the uh, that's the Spawn symbol, you know? Oh, I see. Yeah, gotcha. And again, some of these panels, like, you see what this artist is aspiring to. Absolutely. Like, that's pretty good stuff right there. Yeah, and, and that... that that makes sense like you like the first thing you learn is to draw the good face yeah it's, it's like all the proportions and shit that are way out of whack even the terminator like pupil <laughs> yeah that's a rob thing like there's so much of this that's kind of a a reference to image comics and image style yeah yeah these far hatchings absolutely the hairstyles absolutely yeah yeah that like kind of rob thing so he shoots him in the hand blowing fingers off of his drawing hand and he's like uh Try making a living as a writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Our last stop is uh, Jim Lee heading in for a coup d'etat, which I think was a crossover or something in one of those Jim Lee books. Uh, it, here's a question, Jimmy. Like, say you're Eric Larson, Valentino, or Silvestri. Like, do you, are you happy that you're, like, lower <laughs> on the rung that you're not in this? Or is it like Fredo Corleone where it's like, I was looked over. <laughs> yeah, you probably, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know that I'd want to be in this book, but also you're, you're the second team if you're not in here. You're the B-lister. <laughs> like it's an acknowledgement that you're the B-lister. So this is a call out to, um, there's an actual title that I think it was Marvel UK published. And I can't remember the, which, what, what title it was, but it was a title that Hartley Fisher had trademark and copyright and ended up suing Marvel over and they had to change the name. That's what this is, this plague title. It wasn't plague. I, I can't remember what, what the name of it was. But again, like some reference to Autobio, and if you look at this character design, that's pretty accurate to the Marvel UK yeah. character that uh, that had that name, that they end up changing, you know, based on the uh, settlement. And so that's our end. But what you get there is, pull some money out of here enough to get him to New York. It takes thirty grand to get to New York, Jesus. Yeah, he's gonna do all right there. And uh, I have the Kill Marvel book, so if you guys want to see this. You got to support this video. Yeah. Get some numbers on this video and we'll come back and we'll see what happens whenever he gets to New York. Maybe check out the uh, cross country road trip. Maybe he stops at some more comic book shops. Maybe in Oklahoma. <laughs> check out what's going on in those shops. Um, but I do want to look at some of the ads just to kind of like showcase that Boneyard Press published a lot of different stuff. And I have several of these. Um, you know, if you guys are watching this at home and cleaning out your collection and have Boneyard comics, send them our way. Yeah, definitely. And th this is the shit that, like, there's that, like, low-hanging fruit stuff that people still do. Like, like we get this shit, like, Rambo versus this, or G a lot of Jesus versus Dracula. Or... I definitely have the Dahmer versus Jesus. I don't know if I have Zombie zombie Squad or not. This is poking the bear, too, because, like, he did that Dahmer thing, and, and he did it as straight up as, like, right. a, a Boneyard facility could, like, do it straight up. Got a lot of attention, so now, now it's like we're milking this. Yeah, because he's talking about, on October 4th, we go back to court in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to fight the ban on the Dahmer unauthorized biography of a serial killer comic. So, you know, it's easy to pigeonhole any of this stuff into like a one line, you know, what is Boneyard Press or whatever, but it's a lot more than that. You know, like he's fighting these battles in court that in some ways do come down to First Amendment rights and all these different things. So it's it's kind of a bigger picture than a simple one word soundbite's going to sum it all up. No, that's true. And and there was so much of that in the 90s. Like like obscenity was really yes. being, being figured out. And and that's that's how you get the rise of, you know, Hartley Fisher. Like I saw a documentary on the 90s and, and he was talking on it like rob lowe had to like acknowledge hurt d fisher right. on, on this thing um you know two live crew comes up out of this howard stern gets the, the bulk of his popularity on uh for first amendment grounds with this issues he dealt with with uh the and, fcc 
there's a Howard Stern comic with a Boneyard Press logo on it, Howard Stern versus Rush Limbaugh. So there it is. all over the place. These are pencil reproductions is why I linger on this. Uh, they're pretty tight, but you yeah. can still kind of see what you're what you're looking at in terms of the uh, the penciler and what he's bringing. This is an Ed Gein. Um, you know, we were talking about all the different things Boneyard publishes, and there are a few serial killer books. One is Ed Gein. I really like the way this artwork looks. Yeah, it looks like classic, like, like you know, Mike Sikowski drew an Ed Gein comic for uh, Hart Fisher. I think it's pretty sharp looking, so um, that's one that, it's Pete Gabriel is the artist, and I, I don't know that name, but I bet she's done some other comics, because this doesn't look like a first comic effort, uh, but I, I have not seen that comic, so very curious about that. When he's not playing music. This is your indie distributor. Can't find Outlaw Independent Comics? And then there's a list of some of these uh, titles and publishers and stuff that they carry. Fathom Press, man, that's Tim Tyler. Yeah. Blue Comet Press, that's, uh, what, what's your boy's name, man? Oh, yeah. Uh, Storman. Yeah. Craig Storman. Craig Storman, absolutely. I don't know. Blue Comet published for like at least five or six years. Published in 86, I want to say, his first issue. It was such a success, went through several printings, publishes into the 90s. You know, and it's all based on that first issue. Anubis Press, know that one. Uh, Greater, look, Greater Mercury, Silver Wolf, and like, do we got Venusian on there somewhere? Nah, <laughs> Venusian isn't here yet. See, we're, we're saying jokes that nobody gets. Okay, Silver Wolf and Greater Mercury are published by Chris Silver, as well as Venusian. Yeah. So uh, it's funny that a couple of his companies are both listed on there, and his claim to fame, at least around here, is did Grips, which was early Tim Vigil Comics. Yeah. Uh, one claw dark zulu lies man that, was that part of the um that consortium it might have been it might have been yeah i don't know that one evil ernie gets his own listing interesting yeah oh you know what because it was probably still a uh, eternity comic and it's like we're listen man we're not hooking you guys up with uh the new humans yeah if you want some evil ernie I, i'm holding weight in that so you can see like this is one thing that runs in almost all the Boneyard comics, I think all the ones I have, it's list of stuff that they published, which is brilliant. You know what I mean? You're selling totally. your comics out of the back, but you're also making it very clear, like, hey, check it out. This is what we've got. Look for these at your, wherever you found this comic or order them from us. I like that. You know, it's, it's that it's thing. It's business, what, man. Whenever we would get stuff in and it would be like, there's no name on here. Right. I can't tell who this is. This is the opposite. Like, if you're being serious... Yeah, put a list of your titles in there. Make it easy for people to find them. Harty Fisher even sprung for a little bit of... Yeah, I love it. You know, These is feel that, really is good. that foil? Like, uh, you it know. has to be. That blue is foil. Yeah. I guess it just doesn't have the cardstock. Like, right. like, like those covers had foil and a cardstock cover. To yeah, these it. feel good to me. You know, the newsprint, they have that comic book tactile quality. Totally, man. So, guys, make this a number one video. We'll come back and show you how... How it uh, works out here in Kill Marvel. Yeah, give us five figure, figures of views on that, man. A good 10K video. I I think you should be able to make a good uh, shit. Just even that. Or maybe, you know, that with the there. Have, the, have these heads floating around. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got to figure out something for You got a good thumbnail for this, man. But uh, very tongue-in-cheek, but pretty fun comic. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Uh, I want to encourage you to join the Patreon. Uh, the Patreon... Uh, is where the King Kayfabers mitigate that kayfabe effect by hanging out with us uh, in these live stream recording sessions and they get all the videos before anybody else. The last Saturday of July is Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July. This is where we're going to collect all of our doubles and comp copies of comics that we have published ourselves. Sans Red Room, we're not gonna put that anywhere. I'm not Harty Fisher now. <laughs> 
And uh, we're going to take them around town and put them into the free little lending libraries uh, across the city of Pittsburgh and across our neighborhoods. Uh, we encourage everybody else to do so. Other comic creators, got a lot of them in the audience, do the same, man. Go take your, your comp copies, spread them around town. Uh, the idea is to create some new comic readership. We all happen upon comics uh, in different ways, and uh, it's hard to accidentally find a comic these days. So if you put them in a place where somebody might see them, you might create a new comic reader, create a healthier industry over time you know last year was the first year thousands of people participated let's have tens of thousands of people participate you know distribute a hundred thousand comics two hundred thousand comics sounds like a good idea to me but the vids are brought to you by the books that we make jimmy tell the people what you got my next release my next big release street angel princess of poverty will be coming out later this year collecting all of my street angel comics that are not in street angel deadly girl live both of these books are from image comics they will look very nice as a set on your shelf and deadly girl live is back in print after a while so if you missed it the first time out pick it up now while you're waiting on princess of poverty hulk grand design oversized treasury edition fluorescent green cover is now available wherever comics are bought and sold pick that up while it's still in print and the plain janes the first young adult graphic novel also still in print you can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can read my latest comics and uh, get a preview of the book that I'm debuting at Heroes Con this weekend. The canaries are gleaming, Jimmy. Uh, this is what the cover to the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus looks like, minus the hardcover case wrap. Man, uh, we just got some some uh, wet proofs in to, to see if, what, if we like it. Uh, the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is going to be here in time for the holiday season. Uh, it's going to be 504 pages. This is the spine, so that's you know that's the size of a phone book. Uh, collecting the four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree with 140 pages of new material. Drew a bunch of art fresh uh, for this. A lot of you guys have pre-ordered this comic. Thank you so much. But uh, I'd love to see those pre-orders double or triple uh, until uh, we release the thing. It'll let us know how many of these suckers we have to publish. Dude, this wet proof ought to get some some extra pre-orders in there. I'm hoping so, man. Uh, the the I have two books coming out this holiday season, Jimmy, and the X Men Grand Design trilogy is going to bring back in print the complete uh, X-Men Grand Design all in one handy dandy trade paperback that's you know the size of your typical trade paperbacks from Marvel Comics 250 260 page uh, uh, trade paperback of that in time for Christmas man so so order heavy order often hook up the, the X-Men fan in your life but the comic that's coming out these days is Red Room cover for uh, Red Room issue number one is right there Red Room issue two cover to the left of you murder on the dark web for fun and profit there are two trade paperbacks of that that out in this world uh you're going to want to definitely make sure to get your hands on crypto killers number three because that's going to be a it's going to be a hot key because my next project kind of first appears in uh the pages of uh, red room crypto killers three and uh what what are some other ways jimmy that people can support the channel subscribe to the cartoonist kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist kayfabe t-shirts merchandise hats mugs stickers and more at our spread shop that is also under this video great ways to support the cartoonist kayfabe channel give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way read more comics